As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. We are not good. What? We are not good, Chef. No? What's better than this? Guys being dudes. The Athletic presents Hogan Johns. We need another why the f*** do I watch this game? One of the local writers, Adam Hoagie, or Hogg, excuse me, I don't know how to pronounce the last name. From CHGO, it's Adam Hogue. Hey, George. Hi, Adam. Uh, and from The Athletic, it's Adam Johns. Adam Johns, go ahead. Hey, Matt, how, how you doing? Um, Coach Ditka versus the Hurricane, who would win? Ditka, Ditka. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The name of the Hurricane is Hurricane Ditka. Here they are. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in. Hogan Johns with you after a little mini buy. I was just picturing Jared Payton dancing to our intro music there when we couldn't see him. You know he was. Listen, you know what I was doing? I was I was on the social media machine, X formerly known as Twitter, reposting that I was joining you boys because this is a big deal here, man. Not everybody gets on the Hogan Johns podcast. Like some people have to wait years for this. And like, <laughs> I'm taking advantage of my opportunity. Yeah, it's not that hard, but we, we, we appreciate that you're here, JP. Uh, we do this uh, live on Tuesdays, back to being live on Tuesday, which is great. Like to get some coffee going. But as I tweeted earlier, I don't think we need coffee. We got JP on. He is just human caffeine all the time. No idea how he had. I went to bed. You were on TV. Now you're here uh, on uh, StreamYard with us doing a show. I love it. Yeah, man. It's a uh, this is that time of the year. You guys know. I mean, it's it's crazy as we were, we're fathers and husbands and all the stuff that we do. Football season is definitely like the busy season, but we all like the kids are playing sports and all that stuff. So there's no sleep during football season, but man, hasn't this been a, a crazy one here in Chicago? Like just thinking about this bears team and everything that's happened since, since the start of the season, it's blowing my mind. And I think it has the potential to get even well, well, crazier. You have the Vikings coming in. No, Justin Jefferson. What well, the news is out. He's going to be on IR. I watched the Raiders last night. They look very beatable. Like, how are you feeling about the bear situation right now, JP? I mean, I was telling you guys before we started the show, man, you got this mini buy. You're getting healthy again. Guys are coming back, which is always a good sign. Yeah, Minnesota. I mean, this is a winnable game. You got winnable games coming up. Raiders, you got the Chargers, and then the Saints. It's like, where could this team be? I mean, the the, the start to season, it was – I think there was so much buildup going into week one, the Packers, all of the, the new additions to this ball club, to the roster, how Ryan Poles kind of retooled this thing around. I think everybody, the expectations were – Man, like week one, they're coming out, man. We're taking the north. It's 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 us now. We got this. To losing that Packer game, I have never seen so many Bears fans defeated like after that game. They were like, holy cow. And then things just started to snowball a little bit even more. I'm I knew it it didn't surprise me, you guys, just because of my expectations of this ball club. I didn't have high expectations. I thought that they were going to be better uh, than they were last year. So we're talking about uh, 
four wins, five wins or anywhere. Well, I took the under seven and a half when I was out in Vegas. So, I mean, that's okay. where that, that, that's, that's what my, my thought process was. But I also thought that my whole goal was to see this team wins and losses. Wasn't really my concern. It was more about, was I going to see progress from certain positions? And I think Justin was, was number one, where we're going to see that, that jump from him. And would we see them kind of pick up where, you know, they were in close games last year that they weren't able to close those out. One thing that I didn't see was a team giving up. And so this year it was kind of like, there was so much stuff going on that was all combined together that I think we saw kind of a little bit of a disaster and hopefully we're past that now after that win in Washington. Well, that's why I think that win in Washington was so big was because to your point about how them not they didn't give up last year and they played teams like the Eagles and the Bills tough in December when they were really depleted from a roster standpoint. That's where I was starting to get worried, JP, with the way the season was going here because I, I honestly, on that short week, the way they collapse against the Broncos. I thought Thursday night could go one of two ways. Either that short week was going to help them forget about what happened Sunday and they'd come out and play. I'm not, I'm not saying I thought they play as well as they did. Uh, that was be, you know best case scenario. But I thought on the other end of that was what if what if you saw a team that just kind of laid down because of all the drama and things were starting to spiral out of control. Like I thought that was on the table. I was worried that they would just come out completely flat and, not, and then you'd start to see a team that was maybe starting to give up. And it was the opposite of that. So I think we learned something important there. Um, as much heat as Matt Eberflus has yes. right now, it yeah. still seems like those guys came out and played, maybe not for him, but at least played still by his principle and got a big win. Dude, you guys, I, I haven't seen, Flus is, I mean, those first four weeks, he was under under heat, man. You could tell, like the pressure was was mounting, and that seat was getting hot and hotter and hotter. And so, yeah, I didn't know how it was going to to come out. I just I knew with Washington that this was a it was a winnable game. I also was thinking that we really haven't seen a pass rush yet from the Bears, and I knew that uh, Washington has guys on that defensive line that can get after the quarterback. So it was it was kind of this balance with me of like, okay, which way do I go with this one? Uh, but to see how this team came out, fought, especially out the gate, the offense, I was like, holy cow. And let's not forget about the injuries on the back end of that defense as well. Right. I mean, you got a young guys taking playing significant roles right now on the back end of that defense. And they found a way like, Stroman Jr. going and getting a sack and also an interception. Like, yo, man, this these are this is what you want. Like, this is what Ryan Poles is hoping for: is guys coming out making plays while starters are out and and having that depth. Because that was one of the biggest issues, I think, for me. The concerns was: do they have enough depth, especially on the defensive side? And then it was also on the offensive line. If things start to get thin and injuries start happening. Because that's another way that a, a season can fall apart if you don't have that. So um, to see them come out and fight, to see them play well, and to stick with what I thought their identity should have been all season long was you got to run the football, man. I know I sound like a broken record, but we come from a team last year that led the league in, in rushing, and I know Justin was a big part of that. But this team has to be ground and pound and then open up stuff for Justin on the outside. And that connection with DJ Moore that we keep seeing that we saw in the preseason that we saw during camp has taken over into uh, this, this season as well. And I can only imagine how frustrated DJ Moore was like first part of the season, not getting, not getting those targets, all that stuff to now blowing up and like people are, outside of Chicago are like, holy cow, this dude is amazing. Dude, he's 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 different, man. Yep. I'm telling you, I've been around football players that are like different, that it looks effortless. Like, like, yo, like they just, everything they do, the route running, he's got that in him where he's playing on a whole nother level and guys are just, seem like he's playing against college dudes and he's out there just balling, man. That connection between one and two, it has been fun to watch. So after five weeks, DJ Moore is fifth in receiving yards with 531. He's trailing Tyreek Hill, Puka Nakua, 
Justin Jefferson and AJ Brown. AJ Brown is obviously the, cool. the comparison we have now. Go ahead. I got I got a question for you. Where it okay be, before these last two games, if you had to rank him in where he ranks it as, as receiver wise in the league, like is where what is he? Is he top fifteen? Top ten? I mean, I, I always thought he had like top fifteen, top yeah. twenty potentially. He just needed a quarterback. Okay. I mean, there's a long list of quarterbacks that he played with in Carolina, guys that are still in the NFL but on different teams now. I just thought, you know, is finding that right connection with the quarterback. Where if you're AJ Brown, like you take off for the Jalen Hurts, like yeah, like best case scenario with the Bears. If you're DJ Moore, you take off for the Justin Fields, and I think that's what we're seeing right now, right, JP? See, I, I don't think he was already top fifteen. I I thought top but, fifteen, but could be. Top ten, maybe even higher, with the right quarterback. I'm, and I think what's relieving to me, JP, is look, man, if you were out there during OTAs, you saw that he was different right away. Like you could just see on the practice field, compared to all the other players running around out there, that he was the best player. And then it was like very frustrating for the first three games to be like, man, they're not getting anything out of this special player and so to see him blow up these last two games like he has is very relieving because that's what it should look like can i inject real quick like i I hated the excuse of like well they got a safety over the top they're like doubling him they're paying him a lot of attention well well, justin jefferson gets a lot of attention and he's still getting you you still find ways to force him the football yeah yeah but that's that's the that's the um that's the joy of having a number one receiver is that Around the league, all the number one guys, man, there's always help over the top. There's always they're always trying to find a way to double, but they find ways to get open. You have to take advantage of that. And the reason why I asked you guys that question is because I start to think about it. And we I don't know if I've heard you guys say it, but I know I've said it. To me, he is when he's on the field, he's he's the best player on the field for the Bears. I mean, you can talk about Justin when he's on and his ability, but. When DJ is on the field for the Bears, he is the best player. And I was just trying to think who else on the squad is even close to being top 15 at their position, top 10. Like when you think about it, that's where I, I start to think about other teams that have, you know, great players and what they that they do have. You got to have guys in that realm to be successful and you need more guys like that. And so to me, it just goes to show the Bears are, I, as I always thought, we're going to get better as the season went on, especially at this part when I started to look at the schedule preseason. But they also need to add some more, too, as well. So this thing is far from done. And you need more dogs, as I would say, being in Miami. you got to have more dogs on your squad uh, to be a really good football team and to excel at the next level. Can I give you a few names who I think – Maybe have the potential to be Ooh. like darn all right. Maybe in a year or Dude. two. Hey, yeah. Say, hey, young bros a stud, man. Like, watch out when the train's coming through. When when the train's coming through, <laughs> I mean, choo choo. He's a stud. I I re- I love what he's all about. I love his makeup. Um, you're always as a rookie are going to have certain stretches, certain games where things don't go right, or you're making mistakes here and there, but you do feel comfortable with him on, on that right side, man. Like it is him and Nate David together. It's something special over there that they, they have. And I love the fact that a a guy that's been in the league is being able to mentor another young guy that's sitting next to him. Like that right there, I think is going to go a a long way, but don't know. Right. is special. Go ahead. I'm sorry. How How about Tevin Jenkins? When healthy, dude, that's the question. That line though. is so different with him in it, it's the, yeah. dude. I, I got chills right now thinking about, dude. That dude is a ball player, man. He just, he got, he's got to stay on the football field. He could, he is another piece that is like, holy cow, like, how do you not turn on? Because you guys know, and especially I know, I know Hogue, man. Hogue had his glasses on. Pre-draft, watching his tape, like holy, <laughs> dragging dudes out of uh, he's 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 throwing dudes into the front row in college, like where the uh, where the seats are, and like putting them down next to someone eating popcorn. You know what I mean? Like just 
he, he was like a bouncer throwing dudes out of the club that weren't wearing college shirts or the right shoes. If he can stay healthy, that young man is he's got special talent. Keep going. I got I got one more name for you. Okay. Kyler Gordon at Nickelback when healthy. I, I, I want to say Jalen Johnson, but there's a lot of good cornerbacks. But like just in terms of like Nickelback, top 15 potential there in terms of Kyler Gordon when healthy. I thought he's one of the Bears' best players in in the preseason and training camp, and he got hurt. I, I got I, I got I got no issues with your list, but we all we keep going back to the same thing. Well, except for ex, except for uh, Darnell Wright, can they stay healthy? Yeah, I mean that's yeah. that's the hard part, right? I mean, it's the same thing that I keep watching. I I I love Jaquan Brisker too. I need my dude to stay healthy, stay on the football field, like. It, it, it is you guys know it is so hard and we've seen this so many times of guys that have potential to be able to to maybe take their game to another level but they're 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 not available and and that's the one thing in this league you have to be is available to be able to take that next step and it's so so hard so for a guy like Tevin I just I pray all the time like yo just please stay healthy because he's he's got some special talents that you you don't see, and then that's a that's a good part. That's that's two young guys on that offensive line that you can work with as you move forward with whatever decision that you make at the end of this season, right? Like whatever you do or whatever happens long term, you got two fixtures on that offensive line that you could feel like could be set when healthy, and then you can maneuver around from there. So what about the quarterback though? True. Because because, I mean, that's the guy that you want to be able to say definitively is at least top 15. By the way, his numbers all of a sudden after these last two games. Crazy. I mean, he's he's where does he rank right now? in passing across the entire NFL. He's in the conversation. Um, but of course, the other side of that is things did look really bad the first three weeks and the last two defenses he has played against. Not very good. So. But I think this applies to the whole team as well. It's like this next chunk of five games. The Bears just had five games going into a mini buy. They went one and four. Really, four of the five of those games were very winnable, and they only went one and four. But if they show improvement, if the quarterback shows improvement here, this next stretch of five games, also all winnable games, three and two would show considerable progress i think like just in terms of getting better as the season goes along i think it starts with that quarterback though and whether or not he can continue to keep this momentum going and show that he's a top 15 if not better quarterback oh i think we've really we we've seen a a change from like the start of the season with justin there we all have kind of watched him over the last few years and just seeing how his his game is and man i saw I, I saw a young man that seemed like he had a lot of stuff going on inside of his head. He wasn't able to to process everything that was being thrown at him. And I don't know, I, I as on the outside looking in, I'm always like, simplify, simplify. But then also, too, that's one of the things that I've always seen about quarterbacks that I've been around is can you retain all the information and be able to not only just retain it, but then to take that and put it onto the football field and execute. Um. These last two games, with the, with the protection that he's had, with looking like a better understanding in his reads, especially I mean, especially in the Washington game, man. There's times where you know I'm watching other quarterbacks, you know, look off to hold safeties with their eyes, and then coming back to where they want to go with the football, firing it in there, just letting it go. And I'm seeing this out of this young man going, man, number one, dude, he he's got something. And I think Hogue, it's hard because a lot of people are like, well, it's two bad defenses. Well, well, yeah, that is true. I get that. But then on the flip side, you got to look at it. And I keep telling people, you got to take advantage. When you're playing against bad defenses, you got to show out and take advantage. And he's done that over the last two weeks. I think this is, it's going to be critical because I hear so many people talking about long-term and what you're going to do long-term is just in the guy. This this little stretch right here is going to give you a, a, a nice little uh, a nice little kind of overview of of what he's all about. And I think we, you got to wait until the season's over, kind of like see how he goes from here on out to the end of the season and 
can he keep making that progress? Can he keep putting up the numbers that he's been putting up or close to those numbers? Because that's when you talk about top 15, top 10, all those guys are doing that every single week. Win or lose, they're putting up they're putting up big time numbers. And occasionally you, you'll you'll have a, a game where like even Patrick Mahomes against the Jets, right? Where you're like, Holy, what is going on here? This is not this is not who he is. But then he's going to come back out again and, and he'll figure it out. Can Justin do that over the over this stretch, especially this, this stretch of the next five games? Can he find a way to, to keep grinding it out? Because you got to keep seeing that progress. You didn't see it in the in leading into uh, the Broncos game, and then next thing you know, he kind of broke out, and I think that's going to be the hardest part for Ryan Poles, right? Long term, you got a you got a crop full of you have two quarterbacks that are coming out in this next coming draft that people are talking about as you know changing franchises, and do you invest and think about Justin long term, or, or or is this like? Yo, we we want to restart the clock again on the quarterback position. I'm so glad that I do not have to make those decisions because this is it's going to be tough. But I I'm still behind Justin to see what he can do as the rest of the season goes along. JP, quickly, how much do you think the Bears are going to miss Khalil Herbert? Oh, dude, a lot, man. Uh, this you know me, running backs. They need to be respected more in this league. All right. They need to. He's um I'm 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 more impressed that he's I, I've always said I I knew he could run the football. I know he can catch out of the backfield. My biggest thing was pass protection with him. Are you gonna be able to pass protect? Can you be that guy that's in on three downs and not have to be taken out because you're a liability when it comes to pass protection? So I've seen him taking a better stride of trying to get better at that. Um, running the football in the ground game. There's something about his game. It's not flashy, but he gets it done. And I definitely think they're going to miss him in the ground game. And it's tough. You guys know high ankle sprains are no no joke. Sometimes you're those things, you never know how it's going to come back and for what he does and how he grounds and pounds. Um, yeah, that, that ankle, I don't know what they're doing to get that thing right and re- try to recovery for him, but yeah, without him in the game. But I still like Roshan Johnson. I like all these guys that they still have. But the injury bug has hit that running back room, man. Whether it's concussions, whether it's hamstring, whatever it is. Uh, I think the uh, Darrington Evans just bringing him in. Uh, that's If you're putting him on the active roster, you're worried about what's going on in that running back room. JP, I know you got to go, but we got to ask you about Dick Buckus on your way out. Big member of the Bears family. Uh, any memories, any any stories and what Dick Buck has meant to you, your family? Yeah, you know, just the, the last time I got a chance to talk to him, it was Super Bowl in L.A. And, Hogue, I know you got a chance to talk to him as well, but it was just crazy. It was over Zoom, and after we got done, we just talked Bears for almost like 20 minutes. And I had another a Hall of Famer that I was about to get on to the phone, uh, onto a Zoom call with, and I was 20 minutes late. And when I got on, I said, listen, I'm sorry. I was on with Dick Buckus. And he looked at me like, oh, it's all good. No, no worries. <laughs> and I think that was the coolest part, man. He was always there for me when I needed him. If I needed to call him, have a conversation, talk. Um, he was there. He was he was an amazing man. And, you know, for us to watch this game that we watch all the time, especially the Bears, I wish I was old enough to be able to watch him live because all the stories that I hear about him as a football player and how he played the game. Um, it's probably a big reason why my dad talked about him a lot. My dad didn't talk about a lot of guys. He only talked about dudes that he that kind of represented what he was all about. And Dick Buckus was one of those guys. So he will be missed. JP, I got a throwback for you. You see this over my shoulder? Yeah, I see it. Dude, let's go. Old school. <laughs> Old school. The game. Hey, man. I appreciate you guys, bro. Hey, tell JP, people about that. Sweat- Show people that sweatshirt real quick before you yeah, go. There it is. Roots of fight, man. That's sweetness. That's sweetness. Yeah, you gotta hook it up, boy. I'm gonna get Hogan Johns one so they could say, so dude. Before I go, and I know I gotta jump off like right now, but man, dude, I'm super proud of both of you guys, man. Like for real, you guys. I remember when you started the podcast and where how it's grown to all the people that come up to me, tell me that they listen to the podcast. All my friends, like. 
you guys are taking it to a whole nother level, man. There's I, I, there's not a podcast like this in the city of Chicago, especially covering the Bears. You guys do a great job, and I appreciate you guys for all the hard work, man. Because I know how I know how busy both you guys are, <laughs> and for you guys to be able to keep doing this, man. You guys, you guys are taking it to a whole nother level. So, I, I, I congratulate you guys on all the success. Thanks, Thanks JP. Too nice. Right Great back too nice. at you too, because you might be the one guy who's busier than we are. <laughs> all right, man. Peace, guys. All right, love you, buddy. Bear down. You. Love you guys, Jared Payton hey, at Payton Son on Twitter. And, uh, you know, this is actually connected to the pod because this was a big reason why the pod started because I was working at 87.7 The Game or the WGN Sports Station. It didn't last very long, only lasted like 10 months. And they kept me out of WGN. And I was like, well, how do I talk as much bears as I was before? And then that's where the podcast started. And here we Just are. an opportunity to keep doing it. Here we are years and years later. So uh, good, always good to talk to Jared Payton. Great stuff from him. Um, and yes, he is Chicago Bears royalty, as Bears and Cigars points out here on our live show. Um, I want to talk real quick, Johns, about Justin Fields because I think this mini buy is a good opportunity to kind of zoom out and look big picture at where he's at right now in his development. I just want to point out a few things of where I think he's gotten better and where he's still got room to grow. Um, I want to point out one thing I think he got better at in the offseason that I think we actually still saw the first three weeks when things weren't going well. And that's his pre-snap recognition. It, it, he seemed to be doing a good job to me, at least watching the film, of getting those pre-snap checks correctly. Those when you see him can, when he puts his you know, hands up. You saw the quarterbacks last night doing that. Can, can, can. That means they had two plays at the line of scrimmage. A lot of times, one's a run, one's a pass. It's not always like that, but most of the time, and you read in the box, essentially, and if you have a light back box, you check to a run or vice versa. Um, and I thought that even early on in the season that he was showing that. And I think that that was one of the off-season improvements that um, you could, you could really start to see. I think as the season's gone along, these first five games, one thing I've seen him improve at then is going through his reads. I still think it could be a touch quicker. But sometimes they're too quick, actually. Yeah, well, sometimes he still has a tendency to skip reads, which is something actually, if you go back in our archives, Nate Tice was talking about when they drafted him. Um, that's fine, though. I just, he seems to be knowing where to go with the football more. Um, even like going back to week two, remember when he missed Roshan Johnson wide open down the seam? Like, I think he's improved on that the last few games. I think you're seeing, you're seeing him know where to go with the ball. Now, the two areas where I still think he can get better and they're not the easiest things to improve. One is accuracy. I still think the accuracy can be a touch better. I think it has been better, but I still think that there's a couple examples where it can be, it could still be a little bit better. And then the other thing that I, I don't know, I pro probably feel like a broke or sound like a broken record at this point. Cause I do think there was a limit to how much you can improve. I think you can improve a little, but I don't know that it's ever going to fully click. And that's the anticipation. That's the ant anticipatory throws. I do think it can get a touch better though, with more and more reps, with more and more experience. And that's just sort of my, PSA right now is like, let's let this kid get these reps at least the rest of this season. You're seeing across the league, some of these quarterbacks that have more experience having more success. And I just, I think Justin's still young enough, still raw enough that you have to see this thing out. Get, let him get more reps, especially with a guy like DJ Moore. And like that last throw to DJ Moore in that game. That turned out to be a touchdown, but was nearly an interception going the other way. Like instead of just firing that ball in there, which he has the raw ability to do, get that ball out of touch quicker. So it's not that close, right? Um, that's still the smallest area where I do think he can improve. So overall, my big message here is there have been improvements and there's still room to grow. 
And I just hope that he continues on this trajectory because it was obviously looking very scary there the first three weeks. To me, it's all about anticipation and trust. It's trusting what you're seeing, trusting that your receiver is going to be there, and trusting that your offensive line is going to deliver enough protection for you to get the pass off as cleanly as possible. And I think the past two games have been better. Um, I think the first few games were littered with examples where your eyes are in the right place. Just throw the ball. It's mm-hmm. not going to be perfect in the middle or in the pocket. I mean, just just let it go. Trust your receiver to make the play. I like that he's trusting DJ Moore. And I think he still trusts Darnell Wright and, and Cole Clement. You know, like I like the anticipation throughout the end of the game. Uh, Darnell Mooney. Yes, yes. Yeah. What did I say? Darnell you said Wright. right. right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Good point. I knew you meant. Yes. Yeah. Um, just throw the ball. And I think he's getting better at that. Trust, trust, trust. It, it's it's there. The offense, like some of the scheme is working. As much as the scheme has been criticized, some of it is working. Guys are open. You know, trust what you're seeing and deliver the football. Can I give you some stats real quick? Yes, but I so, do want to point out that I'm not opposed to a Darnell Wright touchdown. Let's get the big guy touchdown reception. Very much. Very much. Okay. That's why I just wanted to point right. that out. You threw me off there a little bit. <laughs> His passer rating of 95.4 ranks 12th in the NFL right now. Okay. Right behind, can you name this quarterback? Uh, I bet you his name rhymes with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Yeah, Mahato. (laughs) That's a great commercial, by the way. Yes, Patrick Mahomes is 11th in passer rating right now. Um, So I know passer rating is kind of an incomplete stat. So his QBR, now he drops a bit here, feels is 21st. In the league in QBR, he's right behind Deshaun Watson, Sam Howe, Derek Carr, and Trevor Lawrence. But he's ahead of Russell Wilson, Jordan Love, Mac Jones, Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, Bryce Young, some other young quarterbacks on that list. Um, let me give you some Viking stats. All right. The worst okay. passing defense in the league in terms of opposing quarterback pass rating. The Denver Broncos, number two. Second worst, Chicago Bears. Number three, the Minnesota Vikings. They are allows they are allowing allowing opposing quarterbacks to average a passer rating of 110.8, 240 yards per game. They've allowed 1,200 yards passing, nine touchdowns with only one interception. So you play who you play. This Right now, I would anticipate that the feel-good moments, the confidence-building moments will continue against the Minnesota Vikings because the stats are there. He should succeed. He should find success against them. Yeah, and if I remember right, he had a decent game last year against the Vikings in Minnesota. He didn't play in the finale, um, but that game in Minnesota, which came down to Amir Smith-Marset fumbling the ball, right? He comes up right. a lot on this podcast. Well, I think he plays for the Vikings now. Did he used to play? For th- I don't know. That's more of a Kevin Fishman yeah. like fun fact. Yeah, that's stuff that Kevin pays attention to. Um, no, I I think you're right, and I think that um, look, you play who you play on the schedule. You don't control control it. You just you, that's your matchup this week. You take advantage of the opportunities that that's in front of you, and I think the opportunity that's in front of the Bears this week is continued development for the quarterback. Obviously, you'd love to see Darnell Mooney get involved. I think I think they're close there. I know it was frustrating to see Darnell Mooney get you know four targets, no catches, but three of those, quite frankly, probably should have been not just completions, but big time plays. You go to the first play of the game, I didn't think Mooney did the best job of running through that football. I think he kind of slowed himself up as he tried to turn for it. Could the accuracy have been a touch better? Yes, that's exactly what I'm talking oh, about. I thought the throw was off on that one. Uh, the first play of the game? Yes. Yeah. Go back and watch the all 22. I'm not saying it was a perfect throw, but I think if Mooney just runs under that ball instead of trying to turn and catch it, it's right there. And it probably was a touchdown. So... Maybe it was on the wrong shoulder and put Mooney in a tough spot. But I just, again, I think that's what I'm talking about. Regardless of whose fault it was, they're so close. Like I think that's an example of them being close. 
The other one, it might surprise. Obviously, the touchdown throw, it wasn't a touchdown, but it should have been where you saw uh, Justin immediately be like, my bad. He's got to get that ball out just a touch faster. And I think it's an easy run under it. Touchdown for Darnell Mooney. So another one, they're close. The other one that might surprise you once I saw the all 22 Johns. Remember the deep sail to the left where like it just looked like Justin totally missed him. I actually think that ball was pretty close to where it was supposed to be. Mooney got kind of held up coming out of his break. And I think that disrupted the timing. That's again, like the chemistry aspect. And I almost, I don't want to bash Justin because I actually think he threw that ball with some anticipation. So, but maybe you can't assume that everything's going to be black and white. You got to, you know, you got to kind of adjust based on does your receiver, especially on those long developing routes, get out cleanly, get out of his break clean, you know, all those types of things. Again, whoever's fault it is, whatever it is, what it is. I'm just saying, I looked at that tape and even though Mooney had zero catches, I think they're close to some big plays. I would not be surprised to see Mooney get a big touchdown in this game against the Vikings. Some around the league will tell you those are the best throws, those deep overs, deep sales, whatever you want to call them. Like those are Justin Fields's, like that's where his arm talent shows up the most. Um, but you're right. That's what everything you just said there kind of reminded me of like a Matt Nagy conversation that we had where Nagy would say, well, yeah, it's not always going to be perfect. You got to adjust your throw and location based on yeah. what's happening in the play. And that's some of it. Sometimes you see receivers stop and the ball's behind them or, or they're flat footed and it's, and then they turn up the field. It's just, it's the NFL, man. So I want to, I, I, I don't at all mean to make this like a comparison to Mahomes and Kelsey. I just want to bring up an amazing example of this. I saw on Sunday um, is pretty much the best example you can come up with. And oh, but that I'm not sure there's a duo right now. In football has better chemistry than those two. Right. But they ran a play in the red zone where they basically faked the screen out to Kelsey to the left side. And I think they were hoping that the defense would bite on that. And then the receiver on the go would be wide open in the end zone. And the Vikings, you just pointed out their bad pass defense, actually did a really good job. And they didn't bite on it. And so you see Mahomes pump to Kelsey, then not, uh uh-oh, what do I do? And then because he's Patrick Mahomes, he can run around and do his little Mahomes thing in the pocket. But as he's stepping up and he appears to be looking to the right away from Kelsey. You see Travis Kelsey, who's maybe the best at doing this in the league. Immediately, like, uh, you know, change what he's doing. Scramble drill, drill, right? And he basically runs a slant towards the middle of the field, towards Mahomes. And I don't know how Mahomes sees him on the corner of his eye, but all of a sudden he just, like, it's totally planned the whole time, throws a dart to Kelsey and he, catches the ball, picks up a first down, and now they're at like the five-yard line or whatever they were. Like, it was just watching this live. I was like, that chemistry is ridiculous. But what I hope is happening here is the Bears have not a Travis Kelsey, but they do, in my opinion, have one of the better wide receivers in the league right now in DJ Moore. And I hope that Justin Fields and DJ Moore can start to develop that type of inherent chemistry that when things are not black and white, when things are not perfect, not drawn exactly to the script, that they're going to be able to adjust and know, just know where the other guy is. And if they're on the same page, that's the type of weapon that you just, the good teams have that. And I, and I hope that that just starts to develop here. Well, we saw it like for a lot of years between (laughs) Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers, like they ran their own, there was the Packers offense and then there was what Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams wanted to do. We're with doing like, with their hand signals. Yes. They, yeah. Before the play, during the play, it, it was it was wild. Now, it doesn't exist anymore. They're in different cities. But you're right. If, if there's one thing that surprised me, and I wanted to bring this up earlier um, when we were talking about him, but DJ Moore's run after the catchability, oh. I didn't know he was going to be that dynamic, that he would always routinely spin out of tackles and pick up more yards. He is tough to bring down. He's faster than I thought. And I say that having covered one of his 200 yard games in college when I was standing on the sideline, Northwestern at Maryland, and he was doing those types of things where you just get the ball in his hands and he would be electric. But I still, I didn't, I guess I just didn't appreciate enough of how much that translated to the NFL. Maybe just there's more opportunity. I don't know. I don't know, but he's, 
he's fast, man. And he's, yeah, that yak has been incredible. Yeah. It's like in training camp where you saw him catch that quick slant and he took it to the house. Well, like, yeah, they're not tackling. I don't know if that's real. Oh, looking back now, that was real. Like the players knew right. it was real. You don't trust your eyes there, Adam Johns. All right. Um, I got those true media advanced stats if you want them. Can I just make one more point before you get to those? Yeah. Having a guy you were just talking about with Devontae Adams or what we were just talking about with Travis Kelsey, if DJ Moore can become that guy, it's almost like you coach some flag football, right? Where it's like you have like the one. I'm not saying it's as simple. It's the NFL, but you're like, you could tell all the kids that like you run this route, you run this route, you run this route. And then you just tell the quarterback, throw it to the, the good player. kid, you know, <laughs> like just go wherever the open space is. Yeah. Like, that's what Kelsey does. He's just like, I swear that's the Chiefs offense. It's just like everybody's running routes and then they just tell Kelsey, hey, go get open. Yeah. I know it's more complicated than that, but doesn't it seem like that when you're watching? It's like all you guys, you run the offense and then you go get open. And it's the same thing that Rodgers did with Devontae, right? It was just they could communicate the line of scrimmage and they'd be like, okay, based on what I'm seeing here with the defense, uh, that spot's going to be open. So you just go run there and then I'm going to throw it to you and then it's going to be a first out. <laughs> the ball will be there. Yeah. Catch it. I got you. I'm just trying to think like Brandon Marshall and Jay Cutler had a pretty, pretty good connection. I mean, obviously that fizzled out for a lot of different reasons, but nothing like what we're talking about, right? Like they force fed Marshall the ball like on short throws and whatnot. If I'm, if I'm remembering this correctly, but different level connections are what we're talking about. All right. From our friends at True Media, stat number one. Tevin Jenkins played in his first game this season, rotated with Cody Whitehair, Jatari Carter, left guard. Jenkins played well when he was in. He was on the field for 16 pass block snaps and 21 run block snaps. He didn't allow any hurries or pressures. I believe it, man. I feel like I've been talking about this kid for years now, and I guess it's been... Th- you know, two and a half or whatever it's been. But when he's on the field, when he's healthy, he is legitimately a really good offensive lineman. Just got to stay healthy. And these kinds of conversations suck, quite frankly, because you don't want to just assume the guy's going to get hurt again. But, you know, it's like the resume is what the resume is. I love watching Tevin Jenkins play. I talk about it all the time. His film is so fun to watch. Just want him out there. So, Here's the hope, and he stays healthy, right? I don't know. Else, I don't know else to stay, say about it. Um, but when you have a guy like that, you better have a backup plan too. Yep. Number two, the Bears' defense had their best passing run game, pass best pass rushing game of the season. Their average time to sack against the Commanders was three point three eight seconds. The Bears had a season high eleven quarterback hits. Again, it did help to play against Sam Howell. But the Bears had their highest blitz percentage of 28.3% for Matt Eberflus. So I think we'll find out this week if this is uh, an enigma or if there's actually some progress being made here. Because one thing is, talk about Justin Fields holding on to the ball too long. Sam Howell will hold it forever. Um, and let's be honest, like I think three of those sacks... All the D-line sacks were all basically in garbage time late. I'm not trying to diminish it, but it's the reality of the game. I mean, at one point, the only sacks were uh, linebacker and Greg Stroman, who's 185 pounds coming off the edge as a corner. So I hope those numbers are real, but now you got a quarterback in Kirk Cousins this week who is going to get the ball, get rid of the ball faster. Now, that being said... He's taking a ton of hits. His offensive line isn't that great. He doesn't have Justin Jefferson this week. And that's we we mentioned it off the top, but we we need to talk about that more. Do you have more stats first? No, go ahead. We can keep going. I got okay, one more. But we can keep, okay, just I, I mean, I don't think you can. This line's already moved the point down to two and a half. It was the Vikings are favored by three and a half. It's now two and a half. Taking Justin Jefferson out of that offense is. I mean, there's only a handful of guys. It's it's like taking Kelsey out of the Chiefs offense. It's going to look different. It, it just is. Like, that's that's the Devontae Adams, Travis Kelsey type of thing I was just talking about. Go the get Vikings open. Are, we're we're going to throw you the ball. And yeah. if you take him out, it's just not the same. No, he, he is 
top three player in the league, right? Probably top five player in the league of any position, not not just his position at receiver, any position. Well, no one's better getting open right now than him. Jamar Chase is maybe the only other one that's in the conversation, but Je- Jefferson's just insane. And that I don't I this that was a matchup where, especially with the, how the Bears defense has been, I don't know how they were going to stop him. The Vikings are having that regression we all kind of predicted. Yeah. They're not winning the tight games. Nothing about them really scares you, does it? Well, without, Je- with, without, without Jefferson, Jefferson right? Yeah, you know, Hawkinson, Hawkinson's still a problem. I worry about Hawkinson. Um, don't sleep on Jordan Addison, the rookie out of USC. He's he's pretty electric. But he's not Justin Jefferson. Oh, he's not Je- Justin Jefferson. I, But defensively, there's nothing there. That that has you, you know, laying awake and night. I'm not gonna lie. This 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 Jefferson news. We'll get to Thursday's preview show and make our picks then. But I was leaning Vikings earlier in the week. I think this is big enough to to flip my prediction completely. I think it's that that big. All right, I have more on DJ Moore. He has been an absolute force on third down, making 12 catches for 255 yards and four touchdowns. He has 111 yards after the catch on third down. 10 of his 12 receptions have gone for first downs. Whew. I mean, that's some, those are some numbers right there. Money down, man. Mm-hmm. That is, that is how you make money in the NFL right there. <laughs> that, that, yeah. that is that I, I don't, he's, he's been, he's been really fun to watch. It's, you know what? Also, I think in the last two games, uh, Justin Fields has a perfect passer rating throwing to DJ Moore. I think that's a stat I saw this week. So you could say um, double DJ. You know, you have to throw somewhere else. I don't know. If you have a perfect passer rating throw at a guy, I think you just keep throwing at him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, trust He's him to win point. his one on one matchups. That one route he had, uh, I guess it was like the second or third play. The big, the big play right after the yarder with the yeah, double move right, down the field. That route was incredible. I mean, and you didn't even need the coaches' film to see it. You could see it right there on TV. Uh, I mean, that route was that was a special route. I think what I appreciate most about like the the mini buy for us is you get to watch a little bit more other football, right? like track the NFL a little bit differently instead of being like yes. so focused on the team that we cover. We miss a lot on Sundays. There's no question. We do. We do. Um, the parody is still real, man. Like You got the Eagles in, in this conference, the NFC. You got the Eagles and you got the 49ers. Everybody. Lions, maybe, after that. Lions are... I'm going to give the Lions a lot of credit. I, I don't, I still don't quite think they're to the Eagles or 49ers level right now, but you never, well, things change quickly in the NFL. And I still worry about the 49ers staying healthy. I mean, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are, are three and one, but are you sold on them? No, 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 no. No. Seahawks, three and one. Don't they play the Lions this week? I'm not sure. I think the Bucs play the Lions this week. The 49ers, I, I think they're the class of, of this conference. Right now, I mean, they just look unstoppable on both sides of the ball. But yeah, that parody is real. And, and one more thing, we might be right on Jordan Love. Yeah. No, I was never sweating that one too much. <laughs> Actually, I kind of was after the first game. Yeah, but we, I myself, like I, I kept reminding myself, week one really doesn't tell you anything. Week one's always a little bit wild. It doesn't really give you a good indication where the season's going. And I think we got that with the Packers. What's happening right now to Green Bay is probably worst case scenario for Green Bay. Where Jordan Love is playing well enough to be two and three at this point. To not be completely awful to bottom out and potentially get in the sweepstakes for one of these young quarterbacks. Like if they finish with seven or eight wins, that's, that's honestly probably the best case 
if you're a Bears fan, that's probably what you're rooting for. It's like Jordan Love is not horrible to where they can't win, but he's but he's also obviously not the solution going forward. I don't think he completed a pass over five yards. The interception he had to the middle linebacker last night is one of the worst interceptions I've I've seen in a couple of years. Yeah. Like that guy's that got passes. hands, by the way. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, the second Spillane, the second tip ball that he just sort of caught so easily. I'm like, put that guy on offense. He's got some incredible hands. Uh, he did have the deep, the deep uh, completion of Watson. I don't remember how many air yards were on that one. A lot of it was catch and run, and then they uh, horse collared him down at the five. But oh yeah, yes, I saw that. Yeah, but that was his, pretty much it. His completion percentages, like let's go, let's just go through them: fifty-five point six, fifty-six, fifty. 63.9 and 53.3. That's what he's done over five games. Yeah. Not well, good. Yeah. You heard it here first. <laughs> the Lions, though, might be for real. Holy moly. Aiden Hutchinson's a, a problem. Yeah, he's just really good. I, you could see that last year. I was so impressed with Aiden Hutchinson last year. And speaking of having hands, that interception he had was... His, was incredible. A bit ridiculous. I think those are the two hardest games left on the Bears schedule. The Lions games. And don't forget, they catch both both of those games. I'm not saying the Bears can win them, but the Bears have a huge rest advantage in both of those games. Like That strikes me as a game where you just want the scrambling ability of Justin Fields, which we really haven't seen be the threat that it was last year. That's where you want to see it. Yeah. Because that's when he becomes a defensive coordinator's worst nightmare. And I know they're spying him. I know he's trying to stay in the pocket a little bit longer. But that Lions game, those Lions games, at least right now, stand out as, as a game is a few where if he gets out of that pocket and he beats that one that one spy, you got a different game going there. But to what Jared Payton was talking about earlier, like you just need dudes to worry about. And like last year, the Bears had that little offensive explosion, and then basically the defenses realized, well, we basically just have to stop Justin. Okay, yeah, they got a good running game too, but you know we can kind of let them bleed a little bit on, through the run, and as long as we stop Justin, we're okay. Well, now you got DJ Moore to worry about. Yeah, and you still have a decent running game. I, Khalil Herbert. It's not great, but I still think their depth of running backs going to be able to keep that thing going, especially as this offensive line gets better. If you can unlock more of Cole Clement, get Darnell Mooney going. Now it just becomes that much harder to just defend Justin Fields. You can't just do that. Um, and I know like, like Cole Clement's like a like a hot button issue. Like he, he almost gets like the quarterback treatment. Like you either love him or you hate him in this town, right? Yeah. He's not Travis Kelsey and everybody. Top 10 tight end though. For everything he does. He's not a move tight end. You know, he's, he's not like you want Robert Tanyan to, to, to handle some of that. And Tanyan isn't up to speed where you need him to be because of his, his injury history, but top 10, top 12 tight end. Cole Clement. Yeah, he showed a little wiggle on that touchdown too. A little wiggle, <laughs> but when he came out of that break, I know he did. it was. Did. Hey, by the way, uh, Cole, I should plug this. Cole Komet's going to be in studio with us on CSGO oh, today, uh, friend of the show for a whole hour. Um, so check that out noon on CHGO where I have Cole Komet in there the entire time. Should be a lot of fun. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Anything else you want to get to before we get out of here? No, no. Don't okay. underestimate the parody of the NFL, everybody. Next oh, we got voicemails. Oh, yes. Hit them. I almost forgot. Kent has our voicemails from last week's win over Washington. Here they are. Hello? Do you know who this is? Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody. Hogan John's voicemail. The Hogan John's voicemail line. Believe it or not, George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. Got any questions or comments about the Bears? Give the guys a call before, after, or even during the game. Go Bears! Hey, Bears fans. B-Man here. I'm I'm about to get on a plane and go on a cruise. But when I land, I hope I have good news. Bear down. Hey, Hogan John. Nick down here in Charlotte. Just heard about Dick Buckus. Really sad. Hoping these guys can maybe pull one out for him tonight. Bear down. Let's go, baby! Seven nothing bears! Foggy Cat, John Zipet, Bob Dabrowski here calling in live, live, live. Washington, D.C. here with a report about the Chicago Bears. Boys, these guys, I mean, the offense we knew about, okay, after last week. This is the best offense in the NFL. Uh, we know that. This defense, where did this come from? Hmm? I love it. Love to see it. Let's go, Bears. Bears down. Uh, 10 to 0 right now. Quadruple it. 40 to 0. I'm going low tonight, but keep it respectable in honor of Dick Buckus. 51 to 0. Just up at 11. Go, Bears. Bear down. A Bears win tonight is the worst possible outcome. I want all of these guys fired tomorrow. Hi. I love DJ Moore. This might be the first. I, 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 I'm out of words. I, I'm having fun. I predicted the game would be 23 to 3 at the end, not, um, you know, the score being surpassed at halftime. Bear down, baby. It's halftime. And all I can think is we did fire all of our coaching staff this week because the entire game is completely different. We're blitzing and getting pressure on defense. We're doing all kinds of pocket movements on offense. It's amazing what you can do with new coaches. Oh, John, Bob, Charleston. This is the Justin Fields we've all been waiting for. Two games here. Ripping it. I love it. Let's go. Bear down. 27-3. Keep the pedal down. Let's go. Beat them. 50 points. Come on, Bears. Let's go. Bear down. Just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. 27-11. Am I so scarred as a Bears fan that I cannot be excited right now because I'm afraid they're going to blow it? Emotional damage. Finally, we get a sack. Seven minutes left. Uh, you know what? Never mind. It's a first down. Bye. What? The Chicago Bears is going to win? What the f***? 
Okay, Hogan Johns, I lied. I kept watching the game and kept downing whiskey coke, so I can't tell right now if I had one too many or if the Bears won 40 to 20. Either way, feeling good, bear down. I'm just happy tonight that we won. I'm going to come home from work. I'm not depressed. I'm actually in a good mood. I feel like a dog that's, that's finally caught a car. We got the win, and I don't know what to do with it. I'm in complete shock. I've forgotten how this feels. Holy shit, Hogan Johns, the Chicago Bears have won a football game. Oh, my God, it finally happened. Woo! Hey, by the way, DJ Moore, good at football. Guys, I can't tell you how much I needed this. I've been working every night till 2 a.m., and I just needed something this week. Hey, Bears fans, B-Man here. I just got off the plane, and I came back with some great news. Bear down! Couple good candidates in there for uh, voicemail of the week. Like a uh, dog who caught a car. <laughs> uh, that was pretty good. I like the other guy, too, that was just like, he seems stunned. He's like, I'm having fun. What's happening here? This is weird. Adam, I covered a win in person for the first time in a, nearly a calendar year. <laughs> yeah. We had to, uh, we have different... I was getting crabby, man. Like old sports reporter crabby like. Yeah. It's, it wasn't good at House Hall last week. I was there on Wednesday and they were getting ready to leave. And it's just like, oh, Luce seemed just different in his press conferences last week. It just, the vibe was not good. So uh, it's the NFL wins cure a lot, but they got to keep it rolling here. Big difference between one and five and two and four. Not that either is good, but, you know, it's a possibility to get this thing back on track to what the preseason expectations really were about, which is Justin Fields. And then as a team, just showing signs of improvement, like basically being the Lions of last year. I still think the best case scenario for the Bears, and I'm not going to change from this for a while, is that Justin Fields shows you enough where if you have two top 10 picks, if the Bears, if he shows you enough, you're going to win some games. But you still, you use that draft capital, that Panthers pick, to invest in some other guys, like JP was saying. Yeah. A pass rusher. Like, when was Aiden Hutchinson draft? Number two? Yeah, he was right? two. Yeah. Nick Bosa, number two? Yeah. You can get like some it, good players there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can. It's number two. <laughs> but like I, remember, I remember talking about that going into the draft this year. It was like, very rarely are those guys busts. Like those first, like the top pass rusher available every year. That's why I love Jalen Carter so much. It's like, yeah, I know all this stuff off the field, but like, man, when the tape's the tape, the dude's going to be dominant. So imagine a world this year where you can get Darnell Wright and Jalen Carter. Like, that's what's possibly on the table in the draft. Miles Garrett, number one overall. Yeah. Um, here's a stat for Cole Komet. Um, according to Fantasy Pros, I, I just Googled this. This is the first thing that came up. He is the second ranked tight end in fantasy. You can bring that up really? to the show. Yes. Um, he is ahead of Sam Laporta, the rookie out of Detroit, Cole Komet, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and George Kittle. Number two. Wow. So even uh, that Travis Kelsey segment we did on the podcast today, Cole Komet is better. His receiving yards of 231 rank 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6th. So there you go. Yeah. yeah, he's been he's been pretty good. Players uh, love when you bring up their fantasy stats to them, so I'll make sure I do that. <laughs> yeah, <they're laughs> hey, but those are real stats. Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, real numbers. So yeah. Again, Cole Komet will be on CHGO today at noon. If you want to check us out live, go to the CHGO Sports YouTube channel. Hit subscribe. I hope you have hit subscribe here as well. Uh, yeah, do us a favor. Even if you're one of the old school podcast listeners and we, we love you very much, we still know that the majority of you listen that way. If you can still jump onto YouTube at some point and hit subscribe uh, on our YouTube channel, it still helps us a lot, help grow, grow the channel. So if you can do that, same thing. If you if you uh, like 
watching this thing on YouTube every week. If you don't mind jumping on your podcast app and finding us there and hitting, you know, subscribe, follow, whatever it is, depending on what app you're using and rate and review the pod. We appreciate that. Uh, most importantly, please tell a friend, send a link to a friend uh, that's a Bears fan that maybe hasn't discovered us. We appreciate you doing that. Uh, you can also find us at HoganJohns.com. All of our merch is up there. John's got the uh, In Adam We Trust shirt on today. Uh, it seems like hoodie season. So these are available. These hoodies, uh, blue. We got them in blue and orange at HoganJohns.com. All the merch is up there courtesy of Obvious Shirts. We love Obvious Shirts. Our partnership with them. They're awesome guys. And um, they're killing it right now with the merch. So we appreciate all the support there. We also love to see photos on Twitter, Twitter X, whatever we call that, uh, where you, wherever you're rocking your Hogan Johns merch, send it that way. Uh, we love seeing that, especially, I don't know, so many exotic places on top of a mountain, cool things like that. I don't know why. It's, people I do like cool, that it's a thing. Keep, it just, keep doing keep, it. yeah, but it makes people do cooler things than we do. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, here I am in my Hogan Johns hoodie on Mount Everest. <laughs> if we ever get that you know I, I that's it that is like the pinnacle of the podcast yeah, literally the pinnacle of yeah the- we'll just stop the pot at that point we made it to the top yeah. i mean you and i didn't make it to mount everest but if the merch got there, somebody did <laughs> i feel like i'm there so that's great um all right that's all we got today appreciate it we'll be back thursday to uh preview this game against minnesota See if the bears can get two in a row think that's a winning streaker maybe you gotta win one more i don't know whatever the line is for major league we're out of here we'll talk to you on thursday see ya justin fields